Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Whiskey on the Weekends. This is an episode recorded on October 6th. I am joined by my main man, Spencer. Spencer, what's up? EJ from lovely California. How's it going? Big old Boston Celtics fan up northeast. Levi, how are you? Hey, people. All right. Let's talk a little bit of housekeeping before we get going. Um, Spencer and I are cranking through uh, Mango Talks TV, which is reviewing Succession. We just did episode three, Lifeboats, and we got episode four coming up this week. So check that out. We're having a lot of fun with it. That's our three drink minimum segment uh, where we get a little loose, um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, BJ, you want to talk anything about Mangum Reads before we get going? Uh, yeah, so we're in the middle of a novel that your wife suggested, uh, Station Eleven, that's going to be releasing probably before this podcast comes out, but um, we're continuing with some of our books, and we've started releasing on every Monday a Harry Potter chapter, where we go through, it's called Pottering Around, and we go through uh, Harry Potter chapter by chapter, and we're having a lot of fun with it. You are very disciplined about the Monday release, too. Shout out to you. Maybe you should do all the releases. I mean, in fairness to them, right? They, they they've got like a three year schedule minimum uh, for, for their project. So. Like uh, they're like Prince. Prince had like forty albums unreleased. That's Mangum Reed. <laughs> Such a weird podcast to be part of because every now and then BJ and Sarah will make references that I'll just like I don't really understand that and like oh you'll understand it in like forty episodes. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm in for the long haul. It's actually even funnier because I made a Harry Potter reference in the main pod and Sarah cracked up and Spencer laughed a little bit. He's like, wait a minute. No, I don't I don't know that joke. What's going on? Um, I was like, yeah, just just wait. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Two books. Yeah. How many unreleased episodes do you have, BJ? I feel like you started when Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House. Um, <laughs> I think I have four or five released um but that may just that means that if we skip a week or week and a half that i have some backup because uh we, we don't do mega marines quite every week so so yes this is you my, have to be you know plan ahead um sure and you got to be careful not to talk current events right yeah do my best. <laughs> tip your hand <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh all right well before we get into it and bj provided the whiskey this week levi do you want to do two minutes on the nba let's go did you see the Zion show in New Orleans last night? Uh, I saw the headlines, but I've not had time. Uh, you got on a little bit late when we were talking before before the pod, but basically, I've 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 got to make some emergency runs to buy gear to 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 suit myself and and live. Um, so I did not get a chance to check it out, but I saw headlines of three sixty dunks and, and and craziness. Well, basically, he blew two dunks in game. And then the owner, I, this was so weird. And, and maybe BJ, you and uh, Spencer can tell me if this is weird to you. When the game was over, he went out mid, mid court and called Zion onto the court to have him dunk a few times just for the audience. It seems a little slavey to me. It did. It, it seemed very weird to me. Also, do we have Donald Sterling 2.0 over there? Heckling his players. I was going to say, Levi, I think my favorite thing about this is you, you went to buy socks. Yes, like yes. That, that's such a weird recurring theme for our podcast that just thoroughly amuses me. So, Terry, I think you missed it, but basically, um, last night, I, so this week I'm I'm, I'm going to be traveling, and then next week uh, traveling as well. It's a bunch of travel this week, um, but the, the the dress code is going to be business casual. Um, so I'm going to wear some some nicer but not dress boots, and so I typically wear um, wool socks underneath that. I've got a complement of smart wool socks that I've had for 50 years. Um, and, but these are, at, these are intended to be kept 50 years, not cotton socks. <laughs> <laughs> um, wool socks can last forever. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I, I was going through stuff last night and I didn't find them. I like, tore the apartment apart and couldn't find those, those guys. So I had to make an emergency or an aborted emergency run this morning uh, to try to buy some socks so I can actually have, you know, something protecting my feet out there on the streets. But you also forgot about the pod, right? I totally forgot about the pod. Um, okay, we got your own brand segment. I forgot, but I was I actually joined before you did. So let's let's uh, let's hold back. Yeah, Levi's forgot is my early. He was here by 11.03. Very good counterpunch, Levi. Look at that. BJ, do you want to talk about the whiskeys that you sent us? Um, yeah, so um, 
not to get too into it, but basically we're going American this time. Um, so this first whiskey, um, I will tell you about. And the second whiskey I want you to try before I tell you about. Um, it's a corn whiskey um, called uh, Special Reserve Golden Spur Corn Whiskey. Um, it is dis it's from Cowboy Country Distilling in Pinedale, Wyoming. And which, so, which letter is this? Uh, G for Gold Spur. It's logic works. No assumptions, BJ. Stop that. So, sorry, I guess this is you know part of my own brand. Um, so when I went up to uh, Yellowstone Grand Tetons on the way back uh, from camping, I as I pretty much always do for um, any long drives that I've done with my girlfriend and also to an extent my mom, I'll just like sit on Google Maps and like see if there's anything interesting that we're gonna be passing by. And so I was like, oh, this isn't too far out of our way and it's well rated and it looks like they're open. So we stopped in, got probably the longest spiel that I've ever had in my life. Um, and some pretty good whiskey, but this guy, like, if I ever wanted to learn the art of selling myself, this guy had it. It was just a little over the top. Um, he's just like, oh, you know, I, I've uh, been called into, you know, all the major distilleries, and he starts dropping names and distillers oh, and, like, doing, oh. Q, you know, uh, QC and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, dude, like, that's cool and all, but... I'd rather hear about your whiskey and like why you started it in Wyoming and, and something about what's going on here rather than, um, you know, if you went to Buffalo Trace a couple of times because, you know, they had some issue with their stills. So, um, like, I feel like a good salesman would be able to recognize that you actually care about the product, not all of the stuff around it, right? Yeah, assess that out pretty quickly and then just have a technical conversation with you, right? Well, that's what I was hoping. But I think he just had the spiel that he does with everybody. And it was, uh, you know, probably early afternoon on a Saturday that like he wasn't actually going to be like, I don't think he was actually supposed to be in the tasting room. He just sort of happened to be wandering by and it was just like, oh, well, hey, I'll take this rather than like the normal salesperson. It was like, all right. You know, fine. So, um, and I mean, for so I got this a gin, and then um, there was some liqueur that uh, Brie got, and then he had some um, maple syrup aged in whiskey barrels that was surprisingly good. And if uh, Brie still has some by the time I come out there, maybe we'll uh, taste that as well. Um, but, but yeah, I feel like this, this was just, I found it to be a really pleasant corn whiskey. Um, he also had some rums that were actually surprisingly interesting. He had one that was, uh, an impressively well-aged rum that didn't have that like cloying quality of the rum, but it was like 120 bucks. And I was just like, I, there's no way that I'm going to um, spend yeah. that much money on a rum, even if it is one of the best rums that I've ever had, but that's what just that one taste was was more than enough. So anyway, so that's the background to this um, whiskey. And it's it's very much like you can tell that it's a corn whiskey. I mean, there's corn yeah. right up on mm -hmm. the nose. Yeah, I mean, it, this is probably a simplistic comment, but to me, it tastes like sort of a designer moonshine. Sure. It's, it's an interesting experience for me. I'm having a hard time describing it of where when I first tasted this, I almost tasted nothing. I only really tasted it when I got to the back of my mouth and then I got a, it's funny you mentioned the moonshine experience. I've only had, ever had moonshine once. I think it was with you, Lee, and it does actually kind of remind me a bit of that. This just kind of yeah. heat effect in the back of my mouth that is interesting, um, but I really don't get much flavor from it. It does smell like a corn whiskey that we've had before in this program. It's fine. It's it's an interesting experience, but I don't particularly enjoy it that much. God, Spencer, you're getting good at this. Is your that's exactly what I was thinking? Like it's it's nice on the front end. It's clearly a corn whiskey, but it kind of fades. Like I don't get a lot after a lot of aftertaste. So to me, there's not a lot of depth of flavor. Although to BJ's point, it is. It's a pleasant whiskey. I mean, it's fine to drink. Yeah, it's fine. By the way, Cherry, I I am blown away at your phrase there. Designer moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's a very dismissive way of putting that. Well, it seems like something that would be just like in a little storefront in a downtown with a lot of like art studios and they do small batch. I think it's actually perfect though. I mean, because it, it does have those elements, but it, but, but it's, it's got, you know, someone who clearly knows how to take out the real bite of that, that, that taste or that flavor, that sensation. Um, they've, they've really taken that out, but yeah, it, it's, it's pleasant. It's a nice, just sipping whiskey, but it's not much there. It was, I thought it was interesting. I like the corn up front. Um, definitely for what it is, it's overpriced, but it's sort of one of those things that it's interesting. It's an experience. Um, but How much did you say it was again? It's about 50. Yeah. Um, but pretty little high, but not, not out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, it's not crazy. It, this is, I mean, it does have the heat on the back, but it's not, it doesn't burn your throat like a lot of cheaper whiskeys might. And so, um, but yeah, pretty much everywhere that I've gone that's a small distillery, pretty much all of their bottles are around 50. Um, and I mean, I think that makes sense. You know, you're getting it from, from somebody that's not doing large production, and so they're going to be making up their costs, which it is what it is. Sure. Did the guy tell you if they cut this before they bottled it? Um. I don't remember. It was a long time, and they definitely did. I mean, it's a eighty-six proof, so um, makes sense. Kind of tastes like it. Yeah. So yeah, it was actually kind of funny because like he was telling me that people would come in and try the whiskey, and and they have a local regional airport, and he's like, you might not know, but they can land seven thirty sevens there, and you know, people will come in. You know, <laughs> it's just like I. Um, just, Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, definitely sounds like he is a bit full of himself. Although I, I, I sympathize with the man trying to sell, sell whiskey that's brewed in Wyoming. Um, he has to sort of establish his bona fides pretty, pretty early. Yeah. Right? So. Do you explain like Ted Turner comes in every like six months? <laughs> Owns half the state. <laughs> uh, that, that actually would have been a much more entertaining spiel. Uh, All right. but, but yeah, it was, it was a good time. It was a good tasting room. Other than you know, you could have shown the the spiel. Um, but. I think this is a good time to turn it over to our regular on-brand segment. I think that is a that is a good idea. Does anybody have one to start? Uh, yeah, I can start if that works for you guys. I kind of mentioned this when we were getting ready, um, but uh, I mentioned in a prior podcast we've done that I don't go to a doctor as much as I would probably should or Lee would prefer me to. You need to go. Well, apparently one of our listeners, uh, my mom, uh, decided that, oh, shit, <laughs> uh, sent me, gave me a call, sent me an email, and sent me a text saying, hi, I listened to the podcast. Here is a list of doctors that I've vetted for you. I'd like you to call them in order by my preferences in a schedule of physical. Consider this a favor to me. Spencer's mom, uh, we love you, Whoa. and uh, that is amazing. And I love it. Yeah, and so I've got a list now of four doctors, and I've called two of them. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to arrange for a physical appointment because okay. I now have direct uh, pressure that this needs to happen. And uh, yeah, so that is my uh, that is one of two on brands I can do. I can do the other one right now, uh, or the, before you go to the next one, I have a, a question. Dig in and learn maybe a little bit more about your health insurance before you go. I'm going to confirm. I know what to expect. I'm going to confirm that these guys cover my health insurance, uh, and I'm going to look into. I actually received in the mail recently a copy of my my health, health insurance policy works and see if I have any copay or uh, with respect to a uh, physical examination. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 after my experience in the emergency room, I want to know more before I go talk to doctors. But I am now going to a doctor to get a, the first. Like checkup physical exam I've had since 17 and a half. And I know that because it was right before I went to college. And I think UNC required me to have a physical exam before I went. You got all sorts of shit wrong with you. Uh, <laughs> Who the hell knows? I will find out. <laughs> well, that's great. Something. To jump in with uh, a little bit of my own brand, I might have another story about actually shipping these whiskeys out. Um, but this is doctor related. Um, so. Um, being your mom, being a listener, my girl, girlfriend is also a listener and was 
harping on me a little bit, shall we say, to also get a. Um, and so I actually did uh, on Friday afternoon, uh, yesterday, oh. or two days ago. And, you know, so I got physical labs, sort of all those fun things. And um, basically right after my, my physical, I texted uh, my girlfriend and I was like, well, you know, you know, everything's fine, but all in all, um, I have other preferences when it comes to somebody fondling my balls. And she, she was just like, what? Where did this come from? And I was like, oh, I went in for my physical. And <laughs> so, so <Lead> there. <laughs> yeah, hashtag on, on brand for me, um, not having the not giving anybody any context for the start of a conversation and her just like not knowing that that I went to get a physical not knowing anything else but that was the text that I just sort of sent her on a random like Friday afternoon and it was just like she was like okay I guess that seems reasonable um <laughs> but what that actually reminds me of the story the last time I went to the doctor. Uh, I got labs, just normal labs. And the doc, so we have a little patient portal where my doctor will like, you know, send me messages. And she said, your sugar levels are that of a type two diabetic. So we're going to need you to come back in um, and check you, you know, to, to verify that you're diabetic. And I wrote back and I said, you know, I had breakfast the morning I came in, right? And she just wrote back and went like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a, like a, orange juice on the way to work that morning. Like, of course my sugar levels will have, she never bothered to ask the question. Second time this has come up on the pod that I have a shitty doctor, by the way. <laughs> Maybe we can get her as a listener. Levi, do you have one or you want me to jump in? Uh, I've got some, some many ones. Um, I, I mean, the, what, what I mentioned earlier about the fact that I, I, I realized that I had not worn like long pants, uh, normal long pants. Um, very on brand for me. Uh, for those who know me, I, I very much prefer to wear shorts. Um, that's just my preference in life. And, and mm -hmm. but anyway, um, the other one is, is so I've been, been, there's been some, some stuff I've been staying up late to do. And, and I think we covered it previously. Um, but about some of this, it, it, it re enlightened me about something about myself. Um, so compared to people like Spencer, um, I am not able to operate on very little sleep and I, I operate like a normal human being. Like I, I, I start to get grumpy and, and, and surly. And I, I, I noticed this, this, this actually started, um, I, I made this realization about myself you know, probably 10 years ago um, when I was, was, was doing uh, a research, I was helping with a research study and I was staying, I did my full-time job until five, uh, got off, came back at six and then worked to like 2 AM. And I did that multiple days on end. So, so I would get very little sleep. And I, I noticed by myself that I would get very surly and, and, and impatient, um, have a quick fuse when I was tired, um, more so than, than most people. Um, I noticed it too, by the way, just going to point that out. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Um, Living with you. I never brought it up though. So uh, it doesn't really count. Hmm, scared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I've been, Staying up late doing, doing stuff for work, um, and we had a call with a with a colleague who was presenting some stuff, and he was saying things that most of us didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like wasn't wasn't actionable directly. It was just sort of like wind. Um, and I eventually jumped in and started to do a series of questions. Um, so much so that that my my colleagues, you know, were all all I I me and saying Savage Levi, Savage Levi. Um, <laughs> And I, I, I really realized that this is another effect of me not getting enough sleep um, and that I, I just become a bit of an asshole when I, when I have very little sleep. I, I can't control the inner rage that I have. Um, on the work front and the hashtag on brand Levi, I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but so yesterday morning we were playing a bit, little bit of Destiny and I was talking with Levi and he's like, yeah, um, I'm actually got some stuff to do today, but maybe I'll hop on later. But Sam's away for the day, so I can really get a lot of work done today. So I'm really excited about that. And 
God, that was just so, so on brand. It was just like, well, my girlfriend's not here to tell me to like live like a normal person. So I'm just going to hole up and do a bunch of work right now. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and, and by the way, my, my girlfriend has made that comment repeatedly of just sort of curiously, you know, after we've had a nice day or something, she's like, Levi, if I wasn't around, would you just work all the time? And it's like, well, not wrong. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not all the time, but I think I would, you know, rather than put in eight to, eight to nine hours a day, I would put in 12 hours a day because, you know, why not? Um, hard work is important to me. Not me. I know, Terry, you have a, a proper work like work like work life balance, as well as, you know, being a proper adult who goes to the doctor and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to me. You guys want to hear mine? Well, it is, it is work related <clears throat> and I'm gonna have to get a little bit in the weeds to explain it. So basically RTI is a federal government contractor. Uh, we bid on work with the federal government, it's our primary uh, source of revenue. They give us a contract. We perform work. There's a segment of the federal government called the General Services Administration, GSA. They will give out um, contracts to federal government contractors, and then agencies can order under that contract. Speeds up the ordering process for agencies. That's the purpose of these big GSA contracts. We have one that's massive. It's like 240 contracts are under it. Recently, force-fed us a modification that said that under all of those programs, we can't use Huawei or ZTE um, products. These are uh, electronics companies that are owned at least in part by the Chinese government because they suspect that there's some level of spyware or whatever on that that's feeding back to the federal or the Chinese government, right? You get recruited to investigate Biden. <laughs> We're investigating corruption. <laughs> um, so when that came in, it was a four alarm fire for everybody. It's like, okay, well, we have 240 projects. We have 30 days to actually issue contract modifications to prohibit the use of this equipment on all of these projects. While I work in subcontracts, so I have to flow that to my subcontractors. That's upward of 250 subcontracts that need to be formally modified to prohibit the use of that equipment. Okay. By the way, let me just sidebar here. So the, the direct effect is the you know thousands of employees that RTI have that are that are funded by the, these projects. They cannot have a uh, one of those those cell phones as well as any subcontractor. Yeah, so it flows to the, every part of the contract. So it'd be all contractors, all yeah, consultants, all everything. So we're talking potentially and tens it's, of thousands of people that are affected. Yeah, absolutely. And the government didn't give us a heads up. They just fired this off. Um, and so, of course, we had like a kind of war room about it. We're all sitting down. And by the way, it's not just cell phones. It's like server, like Huawei does servers and all kinds of telecommunication equipment. Yeah. All of that shit is prohibited. And all of that shit is super cheap internationally. So a lot of our international projects are using it. All that to say, this is a massive administrative burden. Landed on my team is I needed to send out like 250 subcontract modifications within 30 days. Well, I sat in my office for a while and thought, well, that's not going to happen. So let's figure out a different way. And what I cooked up was a way to automate blast out modification emails based on connecting to a data source within our data warehouse, which would allow me to do it in about 20 minutes. So I went and I told my VP, my VP was like, well, good job. So I went to my latest staff meetings last week and I started to explain the issue and I explained it just the way I explained it to you guys. I really, really buried the lead. I started with, this is going to be a big administrative burden and 250 mods and everybody in my staff meetings, eyes got as big as saucers. And then at the end I said, but the good news is I've automated it. I can do it in a half hour. Don't worry. And they all looked at me like, what the fuck? was that like why did you freak us out <laughs> and as i was leaving my staff meeting i thought i've watched way too much professional wrestling because that was absolutely like a wrestling promo where like i'm like and i'm gonna kill it but, but the good news is like <laughs> super dramatic so uh i think i need to be a little bit better about packaging good news to my staff because they certainly thought it was going to be a, a bit more of a hassle than it was but that's my own brand. i was gonna say or you that reminds me of a story of um my uh, boss, my PI, the guy that runs the lab, uh, I think a year, year and a half ago, um, we had just been to a major meeting and um, he's like, you know, we need to schedule time. I, you know, we need to sit down. I need to talk to everybody. And, and so, you know, let me know when you're, you're free and we'll schedule like a reasonable amount of time to chat. And we're like, okay, what's going on? Um, and he basically starts out and it's like, all right, we've been to a major meeting. Like what, what did we all see? You know, what's going on? And, and so, you know, we, we ran down like the interesting stuff that we saw. And, and so we're just like waiting for like, why did we 
essentially get called into the office, like, why are we having this meeting? And, um, and so he starts talking about, and he's like, you know, I have two grants and, you know, we're working with, um, you know, we have a lot of people in the lab and so it costs a lot of money, but, you know, I've been pretty good at saving and, and, you know, keeps going on about these things. And we're all just like, okay, you know, is there some shortfall, like what's going on? We're all a little bit nervous. And, and then, um, after talking for a couple of minutes and he's like, anyway, and so basically I have a certain amount of money set aside for equipment and stuff like that. And it's like $50,000 that we have to spend before the end of the year. <laughs> and it was just like, and it's like, so anything you guys want, anything you need, any cool stuff that you saw at, at the conference, like, you know, we, we can probably just buy it. And be careful, BJ, be careful. Cause it's a federal grant. <laughs> um, anyway, so, well, but it's a federal grant, so you have to use it or you lose it kind of thing. So very um, careful. I'm anyway. supposed to use it, but anyway, um, so it was just like a really funny, like, you know, calling this big meeting and then, then having that news. And then the other thing that I thought was really funny is just like, well, at these major conferences, like if we knew that we had money to spend, like at the conference is the best time to like find out of all the, you know, cool, uh, new, uh, technologies that, that we could take advantage of. So anyway. So a few thoughts here. So BJ, first to you, um, $50,000, is that a lot? In terms of equipment, I, I have no sense of the of, of the cost of scientific equipment. So it's either Good it's yes and no. So it's a lot of consumables and um, a lot of mid range things, or like one really expensive thing. Like it wouldn't cover some of the imaging microscopes that we have. Um, those are probably in the couple hundred thousand dollar range. They've come down a bit. Um, whereas like the recording equipment I use, I could get um two or three setups for that amount of money yeah, i mean i just thought that it was either like we basically are buying supplies and maybe something that's like a little add-on thing but nothing big like i i assume like the big stuff is like gargantuanly expensive well so the big stuff can't be like super expensive because you essentially never have a budget that's more than a couple hundred thousand um except for sort of startup cost so pretty much everything that you have that you do is going to be in the like tens to maybe hundreds of thousands even for big purchase equipment that isn't like shared between the department exactly yeah yeah you can have like like mixed equipment right like where you allocate certain percentages of the equipment to different grants right yeah, yeah. but that kind of sucks is then you have to share so that was my first first thought there to you bj uh to to terry um to, to sort of go a little blue, I, I know this is normally Spencer's lane, but um, I'll, I'll slide into it. Ooh. But you're really keeping keeping bitches broke, aren't you? Like you're just letting them know how important you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're letting them know, hey, uh, as a fire, I will put it out. Don't worry about it. But you need me. <laughs> exactly what you're doing. Um, not intentionally, but 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 the the, the effect is. It was a bit of like a sales thing. And I, after and my boss was there and my boss piggybacked on it and again, gave me credit. But then afterwards I was like, I think I could have done that a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I just imagine those people are just like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be like, I don't know, 30 hours of us each. Like we have to just grind this out and get this done. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, 30 minutes. I got it. It's fine. I'm your savior. <laughs> <laughs> dirty, dirty. Yeah, it was a it was a funny move. Uh, do we have any more on brands? Anything else we want to discuss? Because we're running short for the first episode. So if we don't have any more on brands, I can bring up a topic. Spencer had one more, and then I had uh, on brand for me and Spencer. Um, so cool. Whatever order you want to do those in, Spence. Um, mine just raises a practical question to you guys. But have you ever been in a situation of where you were? called by a group to provide a technical solution purely because you're the youngest person in the room all the time both yes and also because of the nature of my job uh i had that and as you guys know my understanding of technology is kind of you know tin can with string um, one one would say childlike but children probably have a better <laughs> better sense of technology i, I know that for a fact my it's like my the elderly 
My three-year-old nephew has a better understanding of technology than I do, and I know this because I went on a vacation with him recently, and he did. Um, but my firm recently had a software conflict of where an update rolled out, which hadn't really been vetted or checked with us that directly interfered with other software we had that put hundreds of firm computers in a permanent blue screen loop where the moment you restarted, you'd immediately get a blue screen and it would immediately just keep going forever until you turned off your computer. Uh, and that's how I started my day on like Tuesday where I just got in turned on my computer and could not work for the next six hours. And my office being somewhat more remote does not have an in-staff tech person. And so the tech guy in Orlando just called me and said, okay, um, I'm essentially drafting you to be the on-site tech person. Here's the solution. Uh, you got four computers to fix and I'll try to talk you through it. Yikes. And this appeared to be purely because he had my number on hand and I am the youngest person in the office by about five years. So I was tasked with fixing firm computers, or at least attempting to. I failed. Um, <laughs> you didn't get them fixed? I got my own fixed, and that was about as far as I got. I got another person switched to, uh, helped another person switch to a different computer, and the other two, there was nothing I could do. Um, um, so before, before you move on, Spencer, a couple of questions. Uh, you said he had your number. Why does he have your number? Is it because uh, you're the most frequent caller into the into the help desk there? Trying no, to... it isn't actually because that reason. No. Uh, I, I am probably the most friendly with him in the office. I'll okay. save you the reason. I do not. 100% on brand. Continue. So that answers that question. What was your other question? No, that that was it. I was I was just very confused by no, but, the phrasing of he had my number. No, um, so. I take a certain degree of pride in the fact that any problem that I have caused, I have been able to Google a solution to without involving too much outside help. Attaboy. So you were tasked with upgrade, updating the computers, and that did not work. Uh, no, eventually they realized that this was a more serious issue that they would actually need to uh, roll out fixes for from on high. Um, but I was just curious whether you guys had any particular experiences or where this was, I mean, this has happened to me several times in the past of where it just a tech, a tech problem occurs. We don't have anyone on site or in general or with family. And pretty much everyone as a group just kind of turns to me and say, well, you're under 35. You understand technology. Fix this. Yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, I get that all the time. Matter of fact, I, I have members of my team and even like peers of mine that will say, hey, Terry, this is just a technical question. And then it'll be like, just like I, I saved over like a mail merge document or I, you know, broke a data connection to a database or this web page isn't loading. What do I do? <laughs> and inevitably I do the same thing every time I go, hmm, I think I can help you. Let me go back to my desk for a while. I Google it. I come back. I fix it. Everybody thinks I'm magic. Do they, do they use the phrase technical as opposed to IT? Because technical has like a lot of meanings, right? I, weirdly enough, um, they they these are the two lanes it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense but they'll say a work question or a technical question question is like the substance of what we're doing like federal contracting technical is my computer broke i don't want to deal with its <laughs> um but yeah spencer that th this happens not infrequently to me because i work for a software company um you work in this industry yeah don't even say that though like i don't work in the industry at all um i work enterprise level software. So I work on servers. I work on like big enterprise setups. I don't know how iOS works. <laughs> like <laughs> any depth. I, I have an iPhone, but I'm not like a specialist in these things. Um, but the thing is, is that most people, especially older people tend to assume that, you know, you know, you know, one, you know them all. Right. So yep. it, it, it's a matter of, yeah. So when I open up Safari on my, on, on my, you know, my, my MacBook, um, it, goes over to the other screen. I don't know how to fix that. And it's like, I don't, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's an system that we, we regularly deal with. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's a regular thing. But I mean, it's it's one of those things you just deal with as a, as a younger person, right? You just say, yeah, I guess I'll figure that one out. Um, it may purely be just because we do actually know how to use Google better than they do. Yeah, I think it's also a matter of like, and this is the part that I, it's been the struggle like with older people in technology, right? Is that more people in technology that, have the, the the penchant for exploration like young, younger people do trial and error let me figure some stuff out um they they very much go by a rote set of steps in their head and and those steps are the steps that they they complete to to get some result um 
if something changes a little bit, if you know Microsoft Word updates and the ribbon looks a little differently, they're all out of work. They're entirely lost. So that's just like an interesting thing that I found with with older people in technology. Um, and by the way, I've I've definitely gotten there as an older person. Like as I've gotten older, I I I've, I care less about getting into the the exploration of technology. So I don't like. That's why I play Xbox or or PlayStation. I I, I don't do PC gaming. I'm not building a computer. I don't want to figure that crap out. I do that shit on my like. I, I don't do that, but I do that type of stuff for my day job. I don't want to do it when I get home. Like I, just, I don't care. It's not important to me. Give me a box. I press I press start. It starts. I play a game. It's good. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think there is a generational aspect to it, but I do. I have worked with people that are my age or younger, who I think it becomes reinforced behavior, where it breaks. They have somebody to contact, and then that kind of shuts off in their brain, like the idea that they could go fix it, right? It just becomes an easy answer of, oh, well, I'll just get somebody else to do it as opposed to me go out and try to figure it out. And I think we do have some level of folks that are our age that are becoming those sort of like techno, like files or whatever, where they don't want to deal with that stuff. Because I've had people like 25, 28, you know, ask me like, you know, how do I fix some sort of like very simple thing in Excel or Word or whatever, right? You could, I mean, you Google it, it tells you right away in like five steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say to your point, Levi, I think part of that whole, like, I don't want to deal with it is like where we are in life and how much time we actually have to dedicate to that. And it's like, I wouldn't say that when we were in college, we were trying to fill up spare time, but we kind of were. And so, like, if it's kind of amusing and it, it's something to do, then like, why not do it? So staying up on the latest tech stuff and like exploring random software bits when you have, you know, eight, 10 hours of of free time a day or something like that and yes you know i know you work at the library but i feel like a lot of that library work time was also um i'm trying to waste time but i need to be here um and so that's changed a lot where it's just like you know you work and and i i think both you and i for, for our work we're trying to solve you know somewhat technical problems and so sometimes like yeah there are things that if it's not really fun i don't want to do it when i'm not at work um but uh, it's almost like it's almost i i definitely see the, the sort of truth in your statement right but it's also a matter of it's not a matter of really fun because it is fun to like build stuff to construct stuff the, the concept to me of building a computer would be interesting right um because it's, it's pure, like you're you're building something together. You're putting it together. You've made something that's yours. Um, but it's just like the ongoing maintenance. There's like a practicality. There's in in the sort of salesy side of the software world that I live in. It's it's about business value, right? What is your realized value, um, and how much effort are you really willing to put in to get that value? Um, I can get probably 95% pleasure out of video gaming by just turning on the Xbox. With the PC potentially, but I can get 95% with the Xbox. I'm definitely going with the Xbox. There's no reason for me to put yeah, it with the, the other ongoing maintenance of things. There, yep. There's a practicality. I, I, I think the, the, the truth of what you said really is it juxtaposed against time, right? Like time as you get older is, is far more valuable. Um, and so things that save you time and, and that give you an approximation of the same result, it's perfectly fine. Not that you couldn't do it, just why? Why? It's not important. Mm -hmm. I, I don't value this intrinsically, so I value the result. Right. It, it's a tool. Um, and I feel like it's also like if you could put together a box that essentially never required maintenance, like if you could essentially put together your own Xbox and like once you sealed it up, like it was, you know, put on somebody else's, you know, driver updates and whatever else. And like, it would do all of that by itself. It would be a lot more appealing than be like, all right, well, I have my own PC and now I have to like find all the right drivers and make sure that they're updated because I try it because the update for this game made those drivers, you know, do whatever. And it's just a pain in the ass. Um, so yep, hundred percent agree. Um, and I was going to say to your question, Spencer, like, you know, are you the IT person and, and, so I'm actually pretty much the oldest person in my office, except for my boss. And the two of us that deal with pretty much all of the uh, computer slash IT stuff in, in the lab. Mm. Um, I think we have one guy that's a little bit more like you. I think he has an iPhone like five. Um, I'm on a 6S. 
I don't. I have no idea which iPhone is which. Like I couldn't couldn't identify them if you put them next to each other, unless you know, except for the bigger ones, probably newer. Um, but but yeah. So my boss has set up our, the server that we use and has and does most of the hardware and software updates for most of the things that we have. And so um, I think Levi, to your point, and and Spencer, uh, and sorry, it was Lee, I think that said it, like there's people within our generation and coming after us that basically have a response to a lot of problems. It's like, well, somebody else will fix it. Like it's under warranty, it's under you know, yep. somebody's auspices that it's their job to fix it. So I'm just gonna take it to them. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, you know, sort of the genius bar mentality. It's like, I'm already paying for them to do this. So why should I, um, why should I fix it? And it's, it's not to say that, it's not to say that we don't all have blinders like this. I mean, for me, anything related to my car is practically just alchemy. I don't understand anything about it. I rely on other people to make sure it functions. <laughs> God, Spencer, like you're just, you're straight manning it for me. Um, I'm here I'll for leave you. That. I'll leave that for a while. Um, so. I definitely am with you, Spencer, by the way. Um, cars, I, I, I know the concepts. Don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> It's a yeah. it's a tool that gets me a place. I don't. Can you can you just change oil? Yeah, I mean, cars, that's when I sound the most probably pretentious in my life. And my dad's caught me doing this a few times. He'll be like, well, why don't you just lift up the hood and check? And I'm like, Dad, this is why I make money. Not to do this. This is, the, this is one of the primary purposes right here. It's like food, rent, healthcare, and I don't want to fuck with cars. Like, that's the list. <laughs> Although I will say that at least... Nah, yep. It's not really though. It's it's like you know, he's got a little bougie in him. That's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I will say though that like at least in my head of like things to me that seem like super dignified, um, I will say re like someone buying an old car and rebuilding it that seems like super dignified to me. Like someone who like, buys a '69 Mustang and like just rebuilds it. Mm. Trees, trees and birds. Well, yeah. so so Beach and I, and I talked about it yesterday of um, gardening, and I was like, "Yeah, gardening. That's a that's a really adult thing to do." Um, and I figured it out. the The main criteria for me for being like a super on brand adult thing is a leisurely pace outdoor thing. Um, like kayaking is not super adult. That's just you have a hobby. Um, watching birds, super adult. It's it's the leisurely like the leisurely pace and being outdoors to me, those are the two two main criteria. Something that requires a lot of patience. Uh, patience uh, or just a lot of time. So Levi, would me <clears throat> observing primates for hours on end make me an adult or what? Well, if you lived in the Gambia, maybe. <laughs> now it just makes you seem weird. <laughs> okay, glad we cleared that up. Um... <laughs> So I figured I, I'd do the on-brand for me and Spencer and then maybe turn it over to Spencer if he had one last thing. So, oh, it was the IT thing. Um, so on-brand for both me and Spencer. So I sent out the whiskey um, for this pod and hopefully the next one. And because uh, I basically figured out that the price of sending uh, two sets of whiskey was essentially the same as one. So uh, I rather spend money on more whiskey rather than more shipping. Um, but the boxes that I used were some that came from work. And so Spencer got a box that said, I think biological reagents, um, open Weird. immediately and, and store appropriately or refrigerate or something like that. Um, and so when I verified with everybody that they got their whiskey, that we don't need to, uh, you know, do any catch up. 
Uh, Spencer's like, I don't know. Let me check. And it's like, well, Spencer, you got a box. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, the let me check. I'm not sure. Um, so, so Spencer, I'll turn it over to you for your half of the story because um, I wasn't there for it. Yeah, Bridget's used to enough at this point that I will get random packages that she can't clearly identify, and she just assumes they're from your guys and just leaves them on the leaves them on the table for me um, because she doesn't want to have to deal with the eight hundred pairs of socks or whatever else is enclosed inside those things. Um, she usually handles them. gifts. Gifts is what they are. <laughs> she usually handles the mail, but for this one. Thoughtful gifts. Very thoughtful gifts, and I appreciate them. Though, if you guys send me cotton candy grapes, I would very annoyed. Don't send me those. Spencer, you, you are very lucky that they're not for sale on Amazon.com. I'm I very glad. That sounds so vile. Um, but for this one, um, the usual array of either a package at the door or a package left on the table for me was not there. So I was like, Peter was saying, it's a package, and there had been no package that I was aware of. And so package I space did not have packages, so you did not receive a package. That was my logic, yes. You guys know me. Uh, <laughs> so I just finally I asked Bridget uh, after I got this text from Peter saying, everybody else has gotten a check. And she said, oh, well, I don't think you got any packages from the guys. Uh, there was a weird package that said uh, open and store immediately. So I stored it. Um, maybe see what that was. And I went and opened it up. And it was the very oddly labeled package from PJ that Bridget had just very kindly stored because she thought it was under risk of spoiling <laughs> So where did she That's store hilarious. it? I think she put it in the fridge. No, she... <laughs> uh, so two follow-up questions here, Spencer. Uh, first one, apparently you don't go to the fridge that often. Yeah? Uh, no, no, not always, no. Uh, second question, um, is Bridget potentially the best down down chick ever? Like, Because she just got a package. It's at store. Uh, she stored it and then didn't ask any questions. It's like I'm, I hadn't thought of it that way. But I yeah. didn't order a package. Uh, I didn't ask my boyfriend or, or or lover whether he got a package. I just put it there. I, I was told to put it there. I put it there. Um, like she. Okay, I'm jumping she, in here. Let me jump in, Spencer. So Spencer Bridget does not listen to the pods, correct? Bridget does not listen to the pods. She asks me about what we talk about and likes to talk about them. She does not listen. So no, she's pods. not going to hear this. So BJ Levi, I think we need to get creative about what the boxes say. Spencer's house. Ooh. Ooh. Just throwing that out there. I feel like biological reagents store immediately is, is pretty about creative. as creative as I'm going to get. I mean, if you see that, you're just like, okay, is this medication? I don't know. Put it in the fridge. Maybe like live animal. Yeah. Ooh, live animal. Oh my God. And you can, when you mail it, you tell them, no, it's not a live animal. I'm just using the box, right? I mean, they didn't even ask me, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I think that would come up. Um, but I did take off like some of the, I think one of the boxes that I used did have a dry ice sticker that I took off before mailing because I feel like they that one they would seriously question. Yeah, yeah it burn everybody up. That's a great idea. Because apparently Bridget does not ask questions, none whatsoever. Specifically, <laughs> not when it comes to you guys. And, and She's conditioned in that regard. Spencer, do you want to start dealing drugs? No, no, not on live air. <laughs> um, oh, uh, but I also like that she just doesn't tell you. It, it's just like a very weird, like doesn't ask any questions, and also it's just like I did my part. I don't give a shit. We've been together a very long time, but we maintain exceptionally different hours. Like we're both lawyers, we work. With but I won't, Bridget won't typically get home at night until like nine o'clock. So we don't, during the week, see each other awful that much because she also sleeps in at like 10 before she goes to work. So there's not always a time for that conversation to occur. Well, I mean, you have cell phones, email. Yeah, but that would involve functioning human beings, which both of us kind of fluctuate about. Well, Levi, I'm not sure it's quite as much like down. I think they just have this weird mode of communication. Where it's just like they just kind of do things independently and then they just at like Saturday morning reconcile. <laughs> an element of that, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I, Sam would never like get a package that said biological agent store immediately or, or reagent store immediately and, and then just like leave it in the fridge and not be like, so Levi, I got a package today. Uh, it says this <laughs> or open it up. Like, yeah, no, we don't need to do that experiment with you, Levi. 
I also feel like I just imagine you and Bridget like on a specific day, like getting out like your your weekly planners or something. It's like, all right, Spencer, like, we need to settle up. Uh, and, um, y you know, uh, you know, give me a rundown and, and you know, you know, pair up like the amount of time that you've spent in the past week doing different things. And it's like, all right, well, you know, um, you have a balance of about 45 minutes, so we can make that up next week and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, it doesn't involve ledgers because I don't take notes and you guys know this, but there's an element of this, yes? Yeah, as someone who does a review pod with you, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spencer takes really weird Spencer. notes when he takes notes. <laughs> My, my book notes look like something from Memento. <laughs> so, Spencer, I'm going to send you uh, a song for you to listen to. I want to know whether this has any any relationship to or, or any accuracy compared to your relationship to Bridget. Um, so, so, Terry, you may know this song. Um, Aesop Rock has a song about um, a very independent woman who lives a life and she just does like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thanks, Levi. I will listen to this between pods and give you a full review. <laughs> and BJ, I, I forgot that you listen to underground rap as well. We've we've expanded the circle of of, of weird. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that's definitely your fault. Uh, which, by the way, on brand as well this morning is I I woke up and and was looking for something to to have on the background and put on uh, Wu Tang Clan's of of Mikes and Men, which is a Showtime series, and I'd really really back into the Wu man. I was, I was listening to the woo as I, I, was, try, I was trying to walk to REI. REI. Um, Shaolin. Yes. Um, Triumph potentially is the best song in the history of mankind. I just <laughs> you, you forget how good it is. As you said, I completely uh, blame and uh, thank you for this, but I, I've been watching Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix and thoroughly enjoying it. I watched the first couple episodes. That is really good. God, Netflix just prints money, man. There's just a new... Five new series on there every Thursday. <laughs> All right, anything else we want to cover? Uh, I think we're good for the first pod. We are too. Spencer, Levi, y'all good? All right, well, this has been a Whiskey on the Weekends part one recorded on October 6th. Enjoy it, fellas. Bye.